Welcome to this week's episode of Eye of the Swarm, your deep dive into anything and everything related to Yellow Jacket Athletics, season number four, episode number 17 of our Eye of the Swarm podcast, along with Sanyum Shresto over in the control room and the big sound Matt Johnson. I am John Garver, and we have reached the screeching halt portion of our athletic schedule for the year, Matt, because it's a thousand miles an hour. And then in a span of five days, winter sports end. Yep, we got probably about six weeks now of quiet time. And uh, that's interesting because, like you said, we go full speed ahead up until right about now, starting in the fall, really. Yeah. It keeps on going. And then we do have that screeching halt because Mother Nature intervenes. Right. And so we can't have any really home events now for the foreseeable future. Probably March 28th is our next scheduled home game, and that's supposed to be a baseball game. Right. foot of snow yesterday so that's not gonna happen probably not. i hate saying no. that to the the baseball folks because i know they're still they hold out hope but i just i don't see anything happening in, no. until the second week of april no and point. that's the first game i'm supposed to be on doing a double header for them and yeah it's probably not gonna happen and i remember i looked at the schedule originally and i was like wow that's pretty early for to get on the air for baseball it's ambitious but it is it's very yeah, ambitious yeah i was like okay well that might be something we can maybe swing if it works right works out the right way but i'm guessing it's probably but i mean i can remember too i mean the flips other side of the coin is i want to say it was 2010 and we played a softball doubleheader against northland here it's always against Northland. uh, unlike (laughs) but it it was like it was like march 25th yeah because there was no snow and it was 75 degrees that day yeah it was beautiful yeah and We've had some goofy weather. In we do have some yeah. goofy weather. So, I mean, you never know what you're going to get, but the last right. couple of springs have been just miserable around here. And yeah, they haven't this been This is shaping up to be another one of those when you look at all the snow we have right now. Yeah, there's a ton of it right now. And I was watching that five to six inches that fell half a foot yesterday, and I just thought to myself, well. I, I'm glad you got five to six because <laughs> it certainly wasn't that at my house. Wasn't? You got a lot more than that? Wait, with the drifts? Okay. I yeah. had drifts that were – be taller than my kid we we got i mean i think probably where i was it was probably maybe might have been over six but it was pretty close i'd say probably between five and seven maybe mm-hmm. um you know and the the guys that came by with the snowblowers they had to come by twice yep so that makes a little bit you know so that was that says something i mean it wasn't so much the amount as much as it was the duration because it took I mean, it, w- it snowed ba- basically all day long. There was no let up, and it stayed about the no. same. And yeah. it was yeah. really intense there for a while too. Yeah, really yeah I mean, there's plenty of it, and certainly, you know, the snow banks and the and the snow mountains are out there right now. And the banks you know. in front of my house because I had to, had to go shovel this morning before we came in. Because oh sure, the, the grader came by. Okay, and left me a frozen ridge about up to my waist again well and i feel like you're in that perfect spot to get just absolutely lambasted we do snow drifts you look at you you look across the street and they'll have maybe a snowbank that's a foot high yeah and mine are past my waist right you know it's the snow is higher than the front of my snowblower right yeah Yeah. so it's it's unbelievable but anyway (laughs) <laughs> enough with the snow because uh at some point it's going to go and we will get to play outside but, right uh, yeah let's uh let's dive into it we've got a lot to talk about here yeah we do there's some good news and some bad news from last week Correct. Uh, and depends on which way you want to go as far as starting we'll start with the good news just because uh these two teams really deserve the accolades that they got last Absolutely. week and uh i would happen to be on hand to watch this happen so i was really excited because it made some school history which was pretty cool mm-hmm. um and of course we're talking about the track and field teams the indoor track and field teams both teams winning the conference title First time that's ever happened in the history of UWS 
uh, men's and women's indoor track and field. So congratulations to both. Uh, for the men, it's just more of the same. But for the women, it was so cool. And I got to tell you this, on the women's side, uh, after the, the results went final and everything, there, were, there was a lot of tears being shed amongst the women's athletes. So I was very, very happy for them, uh, you know, because this has been a long time coming. And right. The smile on Glenn's face was pretty wide. I'll just say that on uh, Glenn Dreckler's face was pretty wide. So uh, congratulations to them. But we'll get into the specifics here. Uh, the men put up a record-breaking performance, I would say. I've, I don't think I've seen a track meet that one-sided, especially a conference one, probably ever. Um, you know that they was were, they were more than double the second place yeah, point total. Yeah, they I mean, won it, ten it, out of seventeen events. Yeah, it was dominant. for the for the two days. It I mean, that is dominant. especially when you've got eight schools or seven schools that are there. Mm-hmm. You know, and for them, for the L Jacket men to win ten out of seventeen total events. Yep, and that doesn't count the second and third place finishers that they had right. in the other events. It, it's it's the amount of dominance that they showed was pretty crazy. Yep, but uh, we'll get into specifics here. Uh, men's indoor track and field. We'll start with them since they are in the middle of their dynastic run here. I would say seven straight now Yep. UMAC Indoor Track and Field Championships that they've won. Uh, and they won this one, like I said, very, very handily. Yellow Jackets, as they were hosting the event, by the way, at Lydia Thiering Fieldhouse on Friday and Saturday of last week, finished with a team total of 247.5 points. That was more than 137 points ahead of second place <sighs> with Minnesota Morris. And Minnesota Morris had 110 points. But, boy, the Yellow Jackets, I mean, basically what the Yellow Jackets did they had 121 points after day one. Yep. They could have won the entire event just based on that. Yep. That's how dominant they were. They didn't have to score anything on day, on day two, and they still would have won. Right. That's how dominant they were. Uh, the Yellow Jackets won 10 out of 17 events over the two-day period, which was crazy. So there's plenty to get to here. Let's just go right into this. I'm not going to go into all the times and everything because there's just too much. But right. Anyway, here's how the Yellow Jackets won. On um, Friday, they won six events. Michael Butterfield took both the 5,000 meters and the mile run. Ian Matheson took the 400 meters, and Nate Oman took the weight throw, while the 4x200-meter relay team and the distance medley team also took uh, event wins on Friday. So those are your six first ones. And then on Saturday, they won four more. Yellow Jackets claiming titles in the 800 meters from Aiden Doherty. Will Shore took the 200 meters. Garrett Lynch took the pole vault, and the Yellow Jackets claimed the final relay event as well with a 4x400-meter relay win to finish with 247.5 points, most they've ever scored in an indoor conference uh, championship match, so or, or meet, I should say. So that's crazy. Uh, Yellow Jackets, as a result, also had 14 individuals named to the UMAC's all-conference squads, as Butterfield was named UMAC Men's Athlete of the Meet. Glenn Drexler was named UMAC Coach of the Year for the seventh time, and David Collins was named the sportsmanship team's all-conference honorees included Doherty, Jordan Goldfine, Zach Reese, Shore, Matheson, Lynch, Omen, Stephen Pearson, Ethan Bowe, Ethan Westenmeyer, Garrett Krolls, Earl Foster, and Ben Babcock. And <laughs> that's a that's, that's more than half the team. Yeah, that's about. that's dominant. Yeah, I that's mean that was dominant. So those fourteen individuals all were named all conference. Uh, so congratulations to them. But the biggest news I think was the women's track and field team winning their first ever uh, conference title. Yellow Jackets claiming that title by winning just one event, but they had balanced scoring in most events across the board, and that's really what got them to it, win. It, I mean, it's like kind of like death by a thousand paper cuts. You keep chipping away with, yep, you know, yep. the second place here, third place there. You don't have to win a ton. Right. You just have to keep accumulating points. Right, and that's what the Jackets did. They yep. didn't win a lot of events, but they had consistent scoring across the board, which made it really a team win, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody contributed, basically. Absolutely. Yeah, the L Jackets won just the one event, and it was a relay event. It was on Friday. It was in the 4 by 200 meter relay as Cora Schmitz, Myla Volk, Alexa D. Cavedo, and Colleen Claude posted a time of 154.51 to pick up the victory on Friday night in the relay. 
That was the only win, like I said, outright that the Yellow Jackets had. They finished with 171 and a half points. The Edge Bethany Lutheran, who finished second with 143 points. So about a 28 and a half, 29 point yep. advantage for the Yellow Jackets in the final standings. UWS also had six individuals named all conference as a result of that. Glenn Drexler, who picked up his first ever women's track and field coach of the year award. So he just, I feel like he needs his own wing <laughs> pretty much now in terms of UMAC titles and coaches of the year. It's, it's funny because he's got him in his office and there's just a stack. Yeah, they're all in there. He's got to be around 15 or 16 now at this yeah. point. I mean, between the individual coaches of the year and the conference titles, yeah, yeah it's, it's getting up there now. Uh, DeCovedo, Schmitz, Volk, and Claude, along with Brooke, Brooke Petrich and Kasha Hewlett were all named all-conference, while DeCovedo was UWS's representative on the UMAC sportsmanship team as well. So a couple of conference crowns. That was really cool to see the women. Awesome. Uh, we knew the women were going to win. Right. Um, but uh, with the women, we were just hoping they would hold on and do just enough, and they did just enough. So. Yep. Congratulations to them. Great job. Yep. Uh, men's tennis, 7-0 now. <sighs> yeah, and the, uh, the same rolling old, same along old. Yeah, continues wow. for them. 1-0 in the UMAC, by the way. They finally played a UMAC conference match. Posted a pair of sweeps last weekend, defeating Minnesota Morris and Concordia Moorhead by identical 9-0 scores at Courts Plus Community Fitness in Fargo, North Dakota on Saturday against Morris. UWS got doubles wins. From the duos of Andre Luis and Jacob Zacharias at number one doubles, Igor Getin-Chavez and Vitor Sekakabara at number two doubles, and Frederick Deal and Simon Potapov at number three doubles, along with singles wins from Getin-Chavez, Ren Karachi, Benedict Kaibos, Jace Gilbertson, Lorenzo Silva, and Miles Dempsey. So that was against Morris. And then against Concordia, UWS got doubles wins from the duos of Getin-Chavez and Karachi at number one, Luis and Zacharias at number two, and Deal and Mateo Barca Pino at number three, along with singles wins from Getin Chavez, Luis, Karachi, Saka Kibara, Zacharias, and Kazuki Sato, who was able to get in there as well. Getin Chavez, by the way, was also named UMAC Player of the Week for the third time this season. I have a feeling he's going to be winning a lot of those. He's won a lot of them. Yep, and he's going to continue to, I think, the rest of the year here. Women's tennis now 1-5 overall, 0-1 in the UMAC. Lost a pair of matches last week, falling to Minnesota Moore 6-3 in conference action before also falling to Concordia Moorhead 8-1. Those matches were also played on Saturday, and they were also played at Courts Plus Community Fitness in Fargo. Against the Cougars, UWS got wins from the number three doubles team of Shelby Hansen and Jessica Kukowski, and singles wins from Adrina Tejada and Laney Zern, while against the Carbers, UWS's lone win came in singles from Dalen Drew. And now we get to the season or the uh yeah the season ending portion of uh, the summary from last week. Uh the postmortem. Yeah, the postmortems. Men's basketball. Their season is over. They finished 17 and 10 on the season, which is pretty good considering uh, where we thought they might be at the beginning of the year. They split two games last week in the <coughs> UMAC tournament. They defeated Northwestern 65 to 59 in the tournament semifinal round on Friday at the Merce before falling to Bethany Lutheran 93 to 75 in the UMAC title game at the North Gym in Mankato on Sunday against the Eagles. UWS led 33 to 29 at the break before outscoring Northwestern 36 to 30 in the second half to pick up the win. Jackets made 46.4% of their shots for the contest and had four players scoring double figures. Javon Walker had 17, while Joseph Farinholtz had 13 points. Reed Johnson added 12, and Joy Barker finished with 11 points in the victory. And then against the Vikings, UWS was outscored by nine points in each half. Bethy Lutheran shot 55.9% for the game. Jackets shot 49.2, but the Jackets just couldn't get enough stops defensively in that contest. Javon Walker had 24 points, while Levy Miguel finished with 15 points. All conference teams were also named for the UMAC on the men's side. Farron Holtz was named first team all conference, while Walker was named second team all conference, and Miguel 
was named to the UMAC sportsmanship team. So they finish up 17 and 10. Congratulations on a strong season for Coach Polk Really strong company. season. Yeah. It was a fun run for them, too. I mean, the middle part of the season was as good a ba- as basketball as I've seen here. And yeah, they played really well. That seven game all, winning streak. Forever. I think that trip down to Florida really bolstered <coughs> them and really kind of got them. But they were even playing well before that. They were. They were playing good ball before that. And then I think that, but that kind of put them into another orbit because they won seven in a row. And, you know, after that, they were basically right there the rest of the year. So, right. Uh, congratulations to them. Women's basketball also had a nice year considering where they were heading into the year. They finished 10 and 14 overall, fell in the semifinal round of the UMAC tournament. To North Central, 52 to 50 on Friday at Clark Danielson Gym in Minneapolis. The Yellow Jackets led 17, or excuse me, 16 to 7 after one, and 25-17 at the break before the Rams outscored UWS 19 to 7 in the third to take a 36-32 lead in the fourth quarter. Jackets rallied back in the fourth to come within two in the final minute, but couldn't complete the comeback, and having their season come to an end. For the game, UWS 30.2% shooting were led by Kaylin Christian, who finished with 17 points. In her final game as a Yellow Jacket, Christian, Elise Bessonen, and Katie Dobson were all named honorable mention all-conference, while Maddie Sanders was named to the UMAC all-defensive team, and Haley Evans was UWS's representative on the sportsmanship team. And, you know, at first glance, 10 and 14, you wouldn't say that's a great year, but considering the circumstances, they got everything they could have out of the season. And I'm actually pretty pretty proud of the job Emily Carpenter and company did and how they competed, especially at the end of the year. I told her that, I you know, just in, in – she came into my office for something, and I just said, you know, it's really proud of the job you've done. Yeah. Got hired in August. Right. You know, and we're picked very low in the preseason poll. Right. Nobody was expecting a lot, and here you went in as the number three seed. That was awesome. Yeah. You did a tremendous That's double job. Double-digit wins and went yep. eight and six in the league. So, yeah, it just – she did a tremendous job. Yeah, she did. Very and, the, proud and she kept everybody on the same page, which mm-hmm. was kind of like the biggest goal for the year. And right. She more than did that. They were playing their best ball by the end of the year. Yep. That's all you could ask. No, nope, absolutely. Gives themselves a chance in the, t- in the tournament, too. So She did great. She did really well. And last but not least, men's hockey. Now their season is over. 15-12-2 they finish up. Lost a pair of games in the WIAC tournament semifinal round, falling to UW-Eau Claire by scores of 6-5 to five in overtime. And 3 nothing on Friday and Saturday, respectively, at Hobbs Ice Arena in Eau Claire to end their season on Friday. The Yellow Jackets got goals from McGregor Sinclair, Colton Friesen, Kristen Terrian, Charles Martin, and Gavin Rasmussen, setting the game in overtime, tied at 5 before the Blue Golds. Dawson Klein ended the game winner at 156 to give the win to the Blue Golds in goal. UWS's Dylan Milan and Miles Hector combined to finish with 18 saves. And then on Saturday in the... Season finale, the Blue Gold scored once in the second and twice in the third to gain the sweep in advance of the WIAC tournament championship game and goal. Dylan Milan made 24 saves to take the season-ending loss for the Yellow Jackets. You were there for both of those games. Uh, feelings on how that all played out down there? <coughs> uh, it was disappointing. Okay. It was disappointing because you, you felt like this team was, was capable of more. Um, the second half, there were some real offensive struggles there. You know, I think we – Looked at it yesterday, and they played 29 games this year. 17 of them, they scored two goals or less. Yeah. So the offense was a problem. <coughs> and you go into Friday, and you outplayed them badly. And your offense shows up, and you get five even-strength goals, and you still lose that game. And that was a real gut punch, yeah. you know, because you got everything you needed to get, and yet – the the goals that they scored they were not good goals yeah by and large they were not so that was the uh, that was difficult and then I 
it, it, it was difficult because you knew after give you knew Eau Claire was going to tighten things up defensively going into Saturday, and even then we get an early power play. We hit two posts on the first power play. You sink one there, it's a whole different ball game. But right. yeah. I just this team this year, I've never seen a team with worse puck luck than than this team has. They they had to legitimately score every goal this year. There was nothing yeah. going off a skate. There was nothing going off a guy's back. There was nothing hitting somebody in the leg and going in. There was nothing hitting a defender and going in. Right. Yeah. And that's it's bizarre because that stuff happens during a season. And right. I didn't see yeah. it with this team. They legitimately had to score every one of their goals this year. Yeah. And there was just there was no puck luck. And Saturday's game was a microcosm of that because right. there was yeah. no bounces in that game right. for the guys in the black sweaters. Yeah. Tough way to end the year. It was. It was. It was, it was really disappointing. Uh, there were a few pro signings that we can give you before we uh, close up or finish up this first segment here. Uh, McGregor Sinclair and John Stampohar each signed contracts with the Kansas City Mavericks of the ECHL. I know Charles Martin also signed this morning. He's signed with Rapid City. Yeah, with Rapid um, City. Yep. So all three of them are in the East Coast League, which in the hockey world is like the equivalent of double-A baseball. Okay. You know, so okay. you're two steps below the National Hockey League if you're playing in the East Coast League. Okay. You okay. know, um, you've got NHL draft picks playing in the East Coast League. Okay. You know, and it, it says a lot about what Coach McKenna's been able to build here and how he develops players because, you know, he's had six guys play in the Coast this year. Right, yeah. And two of them, you know, Artie Turchieb, Jordan Martin, played significant games. Right. You know, north of 20 games in East Coast League this year. So it, it says a lot. Yeah. And, you know, those three guys – they, they signed amateur trial contracts. You know, how how is that going to work out? Who knows? You right. know, you go yeah. in there, you could get one game, you could finish the year. Who knows? Right. But, you know, excited for the opportunities that those guys are about to get. Right. And I, I, I don't imagine they're done. I imagine there'll be a few more guys that, that still get signed. <clears throat> right, yeah. Yeah, so, but that's, that's uh, you know, kind of a moratorium on the men's hockey uh, season. Three of them now are off to the pros, at least for tryouts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's what the last week that was. Uh, we'll see if there are any more signings coming up here. But, uh, yeah, we've uh, put uh, officially now put the winter season to bed. Everybody's yep. done. So, yep. Uh, it's it's crazy how quickly it comes and goes. But, um, yeah, now we're off to the spring. And, um, you know, thankfully, that's uh, kind of one of the focus of our next segment here. Yeah, it slows things down a little bit. And, uh, you know, the winter sports will – We'll go away here for the next eight months until they get to come back out and play again. But it's uh, time for spring sports, and we're going to be joined by we're, we're going to talk a little softball here. We're going to have Coach uh, Melissa Fracker come in along with Taylor Kramer, and we'll dive into what's up for the Yellow Jackets here in 2023. And uh, I know they don't want to talk about the preseason poll, so we'll definitely talk about the preseason <laughs> poll. There's no doubt about that. So we'll talk a little bit of softball in our next segment when Eye of the Swarm continues right after this. Are we sure we're ready for this expansion? Of course we're ready for it. It's a great idea. Let's celebrate with a vacation. I'm thinking <laughs> Hawaii. We're ready for you. Is it okay if my friend comes with? Of course. Imagination's always welcome here. Bring us your best ideas. Let's see how we can help. National Bank of Commerce. Imagination's welcome. <laughs> 
back for the roundtable segment of this week's Eye of the Swarm. It's time for us to talk a little softball, despite the fact we got a foot of snow in the Twin Ports yesterday. Uh, yep. It is softball season, so we brought in Coach Melissa Fracker and Taylor Kramer to come in and, and chat a little bit about that. So let's start with that. Every flake that comes down must depress you just a little bit more. I think we'll just think about Florida and how <laughs> phenomenal. Obviously, we start this weekend in Oshkosh, which is going to be amazing to finally get out there and compete against a different team. Um, and then we go to Florida. So we're not going to worry about the weather and the schedule and the snow until we get back from Florida because if we're worried about that, we're going to completely not enjoy the Florida experience. And the girls work really hard all year to get to enjoy that. So we will figure all that out once we come back so florida first and then we'll hopefully see a lot of melting snow when we get back so jot this down uh daily snowbank photos to <laughs> melissa during spring break week in florida i could yeah I Taylor, could. we're gonna block him so <laughs> yeah. we're gonna block his number so Please nothing no, comes through <laughs> i could definitely go with that yeah, yeah I, I, I think could definitely so go with that. i think so yeah. so um you coming from the hockey world too like i we, we would get to that point where we just i'm i'm, I'm sick of hitting my roommate I'm I'm sick of practicing against these these guys. I, I want to hit somebody else now. I, I imagine it's the same way for you after this long stretch of I'm tired of pitching to the same people. I'm yeah, I'm tired of listening to coach say the same things to us. I want to go out. And I'm glad you said else. that. I'm glad you clarified yeah. that because yeah. I don't want her hitting anybody. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, feel free. Yeah. Feel free. You know, I do want full to contact softball. It's going to be an Olympic yeah. sport in a few years. So hey, why not? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, we, we prefer that she doesn't hit anyone. I feel like you would have been an unbelievable full contact soccer. Softball you think player. so? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. I like it. I mean, I have a low center of gravity. Fair. So you figure that would help. I also grew up with brothers, and when it snowed, we went outside and we played tackle football. And I, I was the younger one in our big neighborhood full of a lot of boys, and yeah, you just went out there and played, and you got to be tough with brothers. Like, you can't – they don't care that you're a girl. You just have to get out there and play. So, yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. I, a crossover sport, kind of like when they were doing the whole tennis baseball thing a couple weeks ago. Yep. I'm an older brother, so I can tell you that my younger sister, yeah, that was exactly her attitude. She didn't care. <laughs> I was <laughs> the exact opposite. I would never. I literally shy away from contact sports because I think it's so gross to have other people's, like, bodily fluids on you. <laughs> Basketball, I got so many armpits to the face with, like, sweat. <laughs> I could not. Anything that, like, separated me from them. Volleyball was great. There's, like, a net in between. Softball, you have your whole – I have a whole circle that no one enters. Stay like, out of my amazing. circle. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I couldn't do contact sports. That it, explains why the other much. day you're like, I don't want to run into the first baseman. So it's not getting hurt. It is actually having to come that close to another yeah, individual. Are you a germaphobe? Yeah, kind of. Okay. I, I would say like I'm like um, – I, mean, I, I like say it that my way like it sounds kind of mean, but yeah, I like like clean. I think clean is like my the word. Like I like my space is clean. I like to feel clean. I like when other people are clean. Like getting into like bed. You and after... me will get along great. Yeah. <laughs> say, my, talking... I need my space. Yeah, clean. yeah. You're so... talking to a neat Nick over here. He's yeah. yeah he you'd never I... know walking into my house right now. <laughs> I always I always laugh with Kayla because all bets are off when you have yeah. a father. Me and Kayla well, yeah, together what or whatever, and so she's like the exact opposite. Like she has like the messy vibes or whatever and every like every time we clean she gets a little bit messier and a little bit messier every day and I just try to like roll with it and be like the cool the cool sister that can like hang out and like vibe with how it is and then I'll just explode like I can't I like (laughs) get like an overload or a bad day and I come home and I'm like I need it clean everywhere so, yeah. She internalizes. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah I'm with yeah. you. I do the same thing. But that's I, a very picture thing. To like do. my my yeah. wife yeah. will. I, I I've told her, 
you are an amazing wife. You are a horrible roommate. <laughs> yeah. You're a horrible roommate. Yeah. That's another thing that drives him crazy. We were talking about her off off air that uh, I'm a shoulder cry out for him sometimes. This is another topic <laughs> that falls into that category. Yeah. Every yeah. once in a while, it'll be like, yeah, Allison, is, is, the house is a trick, is a is a mess. <laughs> yeah. I and love. She won't clean it up, and it's driving me crazy. Yeah. I love <laughs> like like, uh, like interactions with people and like having like the social. Like, going home and being able to, like, talk about things that happened in my day and, like, do things with another person. Like, I like that, but I would love to live alone just to see how it is to, like, have my, like, completely own space. Like, no one is, like, imprinting things here and there. Like, even though I have my own room, I would love to just, like, have a living room that no one else does anything with. Like, it's just me. Mine was pristine when yeah. I was living by yeah. myself. Yeah, I can only imagine. I've never it done it, great. and I probably never will, but I would, I would love to see at any rate. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Let's go. <laughs> One tangent down, probably yeah. a few yeah, more to go. Yeah, probably a few more to go. You know, uh, again, imagine you're probably looking forward to that competition against yeah. Yeah, somebody else. I think that um, me, along with everyone else, um, have been looking forward to seeing outside competition. We practice with the same people for, what, four weeks, six Five, weeks, yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think at this point, everyone's kind of able to pick apart the weaknesses of everyone else which is good and bad i mean it's nice as a pitcher to be able to know your hitter inside and out like i know all of my teammates worst spots and so of course i'm going to pitch it there mm -hmm. but then it's also like well now i'm not really challenging myself to see if i can hit my spots to perfection even if it's someone else's best spot because you can strike out a good hitter on their best spot if it's a good pitch but like i'm not really challenging myself to do that and it's the same way vice versa with hitting where like i'm going up against pitchers that i've faced a thousand times so of course i know their best and worst pitches so i think that challenging ourselves with new competition all the time is like really exciting and then also just like the game excitement we don't have that and so the vibe ebbs and flows every single day and so we're just getting antsy to get outside in some ways too i mean that's tricky for you because you've got you have to prevent bad habits, mm -hmm. which is essentially what you're talking yeah. about when you know, yeah. okay, Matt can't hit this pitch, so yeah. I'm going to throw this pitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. You really have to fight some bad habits here over this stretch, don't you? Yeah, and it'll be – I mean, bad habits come and go, unfortunately. Um, but I will say, compliment first for the large majority of our team came back in really good softball shape. Oh, yeah. Um, from winter break so I feel like typically a team really needs that five weeks to be able to like get in and hit and pitch but our team came back and it was clear that they had been working out and they had been pitching and hitting and doing fielding stuff so compliment to all of them and just their commitment over break um, so I feel like this year it's felt especially long because we've just been ready sooner so the hard part of a coach is you don't want to get them going into things too soon because you know there's four weeks to go yep. so if we do stuff too soon what am I going to do with the other four weeks um, and then it's also having to put like the people I think are going to play together together um, so you know Taylor doesn't always pitch against some of our better hitters all the time because she's going to be on the field with them so they need to also get some kind of you know relationship going fielding so sometimes we make sure that our starting fielders are together sometimes we're making sure pitchers are hitting against the competition that they're going to face so it's just that balance of not going too fast too soon reading our team knowing when we need to take a step back and then also kind of integrating everybody 
into their role that they're going to do for our season. So that's yeah. the important part of that preseason. I think the one thing that um, I just want to note, I guess that I kind of left out, was that even though it's easy to, like, I don't want to say cheat, but I guess that's the closest word I can get to mm-hmm. it, is in when you're inside, it's easy to do that. But I think that, like, more than ever this year, a lot of the people on our team are recognizing that they're doing that or, like, recognizing that, like, it, it's a – obvious tendency to lean towards it so an example when i'm base running i and i'm on second base i can see directly where the catcher is calling the pitches and i'm a pitcher so i know all the pitches so sometimes i unconsciously lean forward and look in to see the pitch and if they're throwing an off speed i'm gonna steal because it takes longer for the ball to get to the glove and i have more time to run so of course i'm gonna do that unconsciously right however even <clears throat> when i catch myself doing that I recognize that without the pitch call, I could do that as well. So, like, you know that you have the ability to do so even when you're not cheating. It just sucks because you have to be really conscious about it and correct it when you see it. So, before I go, I can say, I just stole the pitch and I should not be going <laughs> because I know it's happening. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's that kind of leads me into this, like, kind of point is there's so many returners on this team from last year. I mean, you guys return the vast majority of your starting lineup. Yeah. And so, a lot of these – ladies have played together now for a year mm-hmm. most of some of you guys have played together for multiple years mm-hmm. so that's where that kind of comes into a little bit it's like okay we've been through this drill how many times now now we got to know mentally how we're going to approach it and it's it's good for the younger players to see that too mm-hmm. because then they can get kind of that idea right of of what we do in practice for preseason and how we change it up because once you guys get in the season the practices start to get a little bit more haphazard because now you're playing so many games over a short space of time, generally speaking, there isn't a lot of time to get practices in. I mean, there's maybe you might throw around a little bit, work on certain things, maybe get some bang practice in. But you know, preseason is where you get all your systems in and all your you know all your situational stuff basically out of the way, so everyone knows what they're doing on a game day. And so that that changes the dynamic as well. And that's one of those things where having all those returners must help quite a bit, actually. Yeah, and you know, it's been really fun to watch Taylor and some of our other returners really take leadership, right? So especially like cutoffs and relays and stuff like that Taylor's been so good about answering questions for pitchers and first and thirds and stuff like that and she really dislikes when I compliment her but she deserves it because she's been going out compliments are awful I know right I could do without (laughs) but um she's really been going out of her way to because sometimes you see upperclassmen and they're like not my problem figure it out like I don't know what to tell you but I will say I'll compliment her for sure on being the person that if a pitcher or even an infielder has a question she will answer it and she will help them or try to jump in if she feels like she needs to help somebody um and then number two something I will always say about Taylor is I genuinely think that Taylor wants to have the ball in her hand in big situations but if we are winning she is happy to do whatever she needs to do for the team to win and I think she knows at practice being a captain and a senior now that she needs to be the person that's not just going through the motions that she's setting the tempo and also helping everybody make sure they're kind of understanding stuff so with having so many players coming back I mean does that what does that do with your I guess your preseason expectation Mm -hmm. you know because you're you're not coming in with okay I've got 15 new players Mm -hmm. so I this is a battle-tested group Mm -hmm. so what does that do for your preseason early season expectations obviously nothing at all because you just gave me the (laughs) I mean it's not that it doesn't do anything but um I really don't care if we have all freshmen or we have all seniors my expectations don't change we're gonna if you have all seniors you better get recruited (laughs) that's fair that is fair I think that we're going to fight to win a national championship 
right? I, and I, as a coach, I think that's what you should be aiming for. And if you're telling your team anything else, then you need to check that competitiveness because that's why you play, right? Yep, we want to win a UMAC championship 100%. Regular season, UMAC championship, go to regionals. Our program in 40 years has never won a regional game, and we kind of talk about that too. And that would be something that this team 40 could do, and that would be like something no one else has ever done. But at the same time, I don't think you can ever just be satisfied. Like you have to keep working and pushing. So I think that's really important that I can't just be like, well, that's great. Like we won a tournament two years ago. We won regular season last year. All done. Like we're good. Let's take a step back. Um, and yes, do I expect more because we have returners? 100%. But I don't think my expectations have ever really changed um, from year one now to kind of year three of what I want the team um, to continue to accomplish. But as we tell the players, they're manning the ship, right? We're just there to help what we can. So it's what they really want to push for. Um, and I do think we have a team that is going in the same direction, that is excited um, to get to see what they can accomplish this year. So, Yeah, I mean, set it high. I, I mean, expectations both for baseball and softball, for example, are high. Uh, we have established ex expectations of tennis especially on the men's side, to do really well now. So it's kind of almost department-wide, though, because we're almost expecting that now from each and every program just about, just to see how good they can be. With you guys having so many returners back mm -hmm. and having won 33 games last year, which was a really big number. I'm not sure anybody really expected us to win that many last year, but the team came together so well. With that, I mean, and I'll, I guess I'll address this more to Taylor, within the players themselves, with all that returning, have you talked to the, to the other returners and said, look, we won 33 games last year, but we didn't get to regionals. We came up one game short. Has <coughs> that been a motivating factor for you guys? I mean, have you guys looked at that and said, look, we were the best team in the UMAC last year. We felt we were the best team in the UMAC. The team that beat us beat us by one run. We beat them, swept them during the regular season. I mean, it, did you guys feel like there's still unfinished business, I guess would be the, the way I would put it? Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, those games that you talked about were heartbreakers. Everyone knows. Um, but I think that it – pushed uh, I, I think that every year you leave something on the table right like you unless if you win a national championship and even then you right. walk out of the season going we could have done more we could have done better we expected to do better right and so I think that this year we started out by saying this is what we did last year and we didn't think we did good enough we could have done much more and we didn't uh, exceed our expectations or achieve all of our goals however let's recognize that this is a new team we're going into a new season with new people and so now we have different expectations, right? So last year, our expectation may have been to win the conference tournament and win conference outright. Well, we won conference outright. We didn't win the conference tournament. So now our goals change, right? So now we want to do other things. So we want to win both and we want to win regionals. So like the goals alter every year with the people that you have coming in and out. And I think that it's important to recognize what we did last year, what we fell short of, but what our new goals with the new individuals we have are because it is a new season so and I will tell you that we purposely have a tougher schedule this year um, because our goal is to get to regionals and make a run there because we recognize that that is where we need to make a splash for what we think um, to get respect for what we're really excited about in our program um, so we need a tougher regular season to be able to do that um, so yeah I mean 33 and 10 
our team last year, phenomenal. I'm spoiled rotten with assistant coaches that work so hard. The team worked real hard. They came together. But I think every single one of them would have <coughs> traded wins to get that win that really mattered at the end of the year and to get to go on to regionals. Um, so this year as a coaching staff, we definitely want to set up our schedule to be tougher so we can recognize, yep, this is the difference between – what a regional opponent looks like, right? And what we need to make sure we're making other teams kind of play on our level. Because um, we'll see a whole array of everything. But last year, I don't think we saw enough tough regional opponents. So we kind of went into the scheduling this year, making sure we're going to see tougher regional opponents. Yeah, so. it's the we talked about it when Corey yeah. was on this a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it's the, <clears throat> the Northwestern volleyball model is what you're mm -hmm. talking about. Yep. Because she yep. wanted to make that run. So she put together a really rugged mm -hmm. schedule where yeah. she was playing nationally ranked teams from the region all the time. Right. And yep. lo and behold, it ended up at putting them in the Final Four. The final four yeah. McKenna tried that this year by putting two teams that were in the Final Four, including the defending national champion, within mm -hmm. his first three games of the season because right. he wanted his guys to go, this is what it takes. Yep. This is the, the caliber of team that is getting that far. Right. This is what we have to get to. So it's – I understand why, mm -hmm. but it's, it's difficult, yeah. especially when you're playing a, a double round like – your league does yep absolutely and i do think that it takes a mature team and mature leaders yeah, which i do think that we have because you're going to lose some of those we games. we're going to lose some of those games yeah. but the point is how did we play in those games right, right? there's right. good losses that uh, you played that so hard yeah. right? Right. right and yeah. there's bad wins that you didn't play well so we want to compete and yeah obviously we would love to go undefeated that's the dream for every team otherwise why are you getting out there um, but reality is there's going to be some ups and downs in our season. It's how we go through that as a team and what our culture's like. Um, but we just are at that level that we have to compete, and I think we have the maturity to be able to recognize the difference between that's a good regional opponent and that is a team that we should easily kind of be able to handle. So, One yeah. of the things that I want to talk to you about, because you and I chat quite often, and um, one of the things I know that you've been talking about, and each year is a little bit different, but I know that you feel like this team has the, the capability of being perhaps your deepest and most talented team yet. Um, you know, and that's some of that is because of the returns, but some of it is also because of the newcomers that are mm -hmm. coming in. So with those new newcomers, how they've been meshing so far? I mean, are you happy with how they've come in and kind of put their stamp on how things are going right now for the program? Yeah, I think that they come in and they listen and they try and they are on the same page, which is great. Um, and we're going to have some freshmen playing some key positions. That's just how it's going to be. So I think that they're also going to have some up and ups and downs, and that's kind of to be expected as a freshman. Um, but I am excited about the depth. I think some of the people that are going to be 10, 11, and 12 coming off our bench, they would start anywhere else. Um, and But that also makes it so if there's an injury, we're ready. We know who's up next, right? It's that kind of who's next mentality because we can't just stop playing if someone gets hurt the second game of the season. We have to keep playing. Um, so having that deeper roster, getting that buy-in from players, I think is just huge so we can accomplish our goals. And to me, that's my job, right, is to make sure our roster is where it needs to be so we can accomplish our goals. Um, and then the rest of the team, and I'll kind of turn over to Taylor to talk about some of our rookies but it's then making sure that we are getting that culture and time together that we can kind of build that team bonding so yeah I guess um I I agree with everything you both said um we have a super deep roster this year which is really really nice and I think it fosters this like kind of um challenge and um 
I guess, competition in practice that you don't see a lot of times. Like, everyone's fighting for a spot day in and day out, which is really nice because you get to see people's best and you get to see what someone's worst is. Like, and that's really exciting before you get into a game to, like, see what the range of motion for people is. And I think that with the freshmen, it's exciting to see new life, I guess. They, they're they a really, like, um, exuberant, outgoing class. And I, I think that that's really nice for a team. We all love those kind of people. So I think that they mesh really well. And I think that so far it's just been um, trying to click with people and have that, like, team camaraderie. And I think that they fit in and they blend really well with our um, – with our oh, – what's the word? With our the the type of team that we have, I guess, yeah, culture, yeah, our culture. There, we go. <coughs> yeah, they they blend with our culture. So, really where well. she actually used earlier in this? <laughs> yeah, in this I know, answer. I know, I couldn't think of it. <laughs> Sometimes Sorry. it just doesn't quite. Yeah, yeah I get it. Know. It eluded me. Yeah, it's the worst when you're in front of the team. You're like, what is that word? I know. Um, oh, pitch. Yeah, yeah. pitch. I know. The thing I say a hundred times a day. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that right now it's just about um, allowing them to feel comfortable with the team like they shouldn't think think that if they make one mistake they're going to get pulled or that if they make one mistake they're going to get some dirty looks from the team or there's going to be drama like I think that making that environment super healthy for them and allowing them to feel comfortable is the most important thing right now and then when we get to a game we have that that background that we've built all winter indoors and so I think that they fit really well they're they're really good people. They play really hard. And so I'm just excited to see what they do, yeah. to be honest. And another, I mean, I'm giving compliments out left and right, which is great. Yeah. Taylor hates thing. compliments. I'm, yeah. Don't I'm be that very, no. I'm just very She's proud of She's going to plug her team. ears and be like, I don't <laughs> want to hear anymore. But, I, and not even just Taylor, I yeah. would say all of our returners, and I mean sophomores to seniors and even our fifth year being TIFF, they have worked really hard to be like, okay, this is when I was – a freshman, this is what was great. This is what I wish was different. I'm going to do it this way. Um, and, you know, everybody freshman year has good and bad experiences. I think you then figure out what type of upperclassman you want to be from those experiences. So I think everyone worked really hard to make them feel comfortable. And I don't have to do the work. They choose to be together. So if that's the case, that is kudos to them. Because um, I think anytime a t- coach kind of makes a team bond, it's like, ugh. But when they want to do it themselves, <laughs> that's I don't awesome. think that noise is ever coming. No, out. you don't think so. Well, here's here's the thing. That's how building. I used to <laughs> feel. Like, <laughs> oh my well, goodness, more team bonding. I, well, I know you guys had a bonding session this past week. Right. Was, I was. Yeah. That's a great segue because that's yeah. where I kind of yeah, wanted to go. You guys so went let's down talk to Madison about that. and practice at the Badgers facility, mm-hmm. and then got a chance to spend some time together. How important is that kind of stuff? Because, you know, one of the things I did notice when I attended your practice last week was. Everybody is pretty much on the same page, or at least they're they're doing a good acting job if they're not. You know what I mean? Like good everybody, actors. you know what I mean? Like, but the, everybody seems to me. And Taylor, you and I talked about it a little bit when when I was there. Is it, like the chemistry is seems very good. You know, it seems like everybody's pretty much just excited to get out there and play. There isn't any there isn't any kind of uh, even a hint of, of of personality conflicts or anything like that, which can sometimes happen, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then you guys go on this retreat. I mean, how important is that stuff to this point? Because, you know, you can work on systems, you can work on hitting, you can work on pitching, Taylor getting a release down on her her different pitches and working with the freshmen and so on and so forth. But how important when push comes to shove is that bonding experience that you guys have, like when you went on that retreat last weekend? Yeah, I think that it's all well and good and everyone can be happy until the first lineup comes out or until you go on a little bit of a losing skid, right, or if something happens. Um, So those are just important, I think, 
the bonding experience and then the relationship building is important for like those bad moments that oh yeah remember like we're still on the same page so it just helps cushion those bad moments that yeah like during a season you're gonna have a slightly down there is no way it's all gonna be up 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 but can we just get back to level and then back up again or are we going to go you know down um, so I think those moments, and I'll let Taylor kind of talk specifically to the weekend, but those moments are huge to make sure that any bad moments we have in the season, we can bounce back faster. So Yeah, I guess first I want to say um, we've all seen teams that, like, have extreme talent, and they lose because they're breaking down on the field with their relationships. Like, And on the other end, I think that my sophomore year when we had a run through regionals, like, we did so well with a – a really small amount of talent but a lot of team bonding like we all wanted to be out there playing for one another and I think that that can take a team farther than talent can at times so I think that building that like solid core foundation of like you want to be out there not just for yourself and not just for your family and all those different things but like for the the people around you like I want to get to where I do because I want Brighton to have that experience and I want Larissa to have that experience and I want Emma and Izzy and I want all, everyone on the bench it's I'm doing it for them not just for myself and so I think that without that you're you're kind of at a loss and then for the weekend um I think everyone enjoyed it we got to do practicing which was super nice on dirt before we go to Florida which never happens mm -hmm. and we're all kind of tired and dead after Florida because playing on cleats really sucks so, <laughs> so we like our turf yeah thank you turf so getting that experience beforehand is super nice um and then I think that being able to scrimmage and see the ball see the ball fly even though it was a little bit less than mm -hmm. what we expected was super nice because we got to experience what an actual ball off the bat looks like and not just an indoor ball not a softy so like those semi real game experiences was super nice and then of course, team bonding. We did. Uh, we got to roam around Madison, close to our hotel, of course, yeah, close with to home, with some oversight. Nice um, but we we went to a double decker Target, and everyone had fun there. <laughs> yeah, deal. it was pretty Big great. Deal. Big deal. Yeah, we ordered some double crumble cookies. Yeah. That was super nice. Sponsor me, crumble. Oh, NLI, here yeah. we are. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> and then we had a game night, which I thought I think everyone enjoyed. I'm obsessed with game. That's like an old lady thing, but. But we brought so many like board games and catchphrases if you've ever played it's so much fun um and so like those little experiences we spent like an hour doing it and some people played longer than others but just being around each other and sitting and like learning more than just what the person next to you can do on the field i think like learning that hey this person has siblings and this person has a dog and this person lives at home right now and like all of these different things that we have going outside of softball like these life things is really nice because it connects you to someone else on a life level rather than just like you're my teammate and I see you at softball so let's keep it at like that so <laughs> I like that I guess what is the best board game the best board like game? my wife and I play board oh games my all gosh, the time this is especially so in the hard. summer don't do this to me. Got one I got choice I can't you can play time. one board game for the Forever. rest of your life what is it going to be oh my gosh this is so hard board in our house right now it's candy board. Board. yeah are we talking about like a board game or are we talking about like any kind of like physical game in general no, I'm talking like board games. Okay, board so games. cards like, don't count. Right now. Probably not. Okay, okay, that's fair. Right now, I would say I'm obsessed with Clue. Really? Yeah. Clue's a cool game. I, I love, love Clue. Clue. I just got yeah, that that's one. That's a good one. Colonel yeah. Mustard with a candlestick in the library. Yeah, yeah. I just got that one for Christmas. I'm 
obsessed. It's like my favorite board game right now. Uh, I love Trouble. Does that count as a board With game? With the Pop-O-Matic yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love There's a board, so that's yeah, a, that's like That's a throwback to my kid mm-hmm. days. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, Catchphrase isn't a board game, but it's. You, have you played it before? Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So much fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Uno Party. Oh, Uno. That's Uno the Party's big one. a blast. Yeah. Is that the one that shoots the cards at you? No, okay. this one, there is no like centerpiece. It's literally just, um, it's like four decks combined, and then there's three new cards that they added to the deck. And they're so much fun. It makes it really hard. The Uno, like one game of Uno party lasts like an hour. Good. And you can play with like 20 people. Perfect. Yeah. Regular game of Uno can last two hours. Yeah. No joke. It's, it's a while. And then what's another? Oh, I have Pictionary Air, which is super fun. That's also not a board game, but it's like, it's like a techie version of Pictionary where you, they give you a pen and you draw in the air with this pen and you uh, like record it with a phone, I guess. And then you screen share to like a TV that everyone else can see, but the person hmm. drawing can't. So your drawings are so bad because you can't see what you're drawing. So like you're a stick. Per- Even when stick I can figure. see what I'm drawing. <laughs> yeah, bad, so. no same. So it's like impossible. Your everyone's drawings are so bad. It's it's hilarious. That sounds awesome. Did anyone yeah. play Sorry growing up? Yep. Yes, the board oh, yeah. game would Sorry's get good flipped one. in the Fracker household because yeah. we would most of the time pick on my younger brother. Sorry, John. <laughs> And, like, so we would just team up on him, be like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And by the end of it, he's like, this is it. I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. I'm that was, a, like, that I'm was like life in our house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love life. Great game. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Great, great, great game. The game and life. <laughs> but somehow my sister always ended up a doctor. Oh, my gosh. That's and it's like, dude, you are making bank over there. And I'm a plumber. And right. I'm making nothing. Oh my god. Even yeah. though plumbers make good money. Yeah. But it, you're killing me right off the bat here. Yeah. No, that's And my like dad's monopoly. just like, well, it works that way sometimes, son. No, it doesn't. No, she um... shouldn't be a doctor every time. No, that's I'm just like laughing monopoly. at Garbs the plumber. Yeah. Just... Yeah. I feel like every time growing up, Monopoly's probably like my from childhood favorite board game ever. But it takes forever. No, I've never finished. So people a game. don't like to play. Nope. In our household as like children, my dad if anyone here knows my dad like was obsessed with this game and we would play like he he would like go away on business and we would play for like two weeks like two weeks that board game would sit on our coffee table and every time he would be there for the whole week we would play for like an hour a night oh my god it was amazing i get that because when i was living in the twin cities a buddy and i had a game of risk going Mm. that lasted for four months oh my risk can take a long time well it takes a long time anyway in the best of circumstances but it's like we've got an hour let's go yeah yeah and then we would play and then okay now we're done for two days it took four months for us that's to eventually insane. decide that nobody is going to have global domination here. So. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody's going to conquer Nobody's going to win this thing. That's nobody's going to win this well, thing. Well, that's how – that's, but that's – those long-term games, that's like playing chess. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. really good chess players can play for a really long time. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, this could take a really long yeah. – you know, It's not like checkers where you, you know, eventually yeah. you get to a point where it's like I'm out of moves. I can't really do anything. Poor right. energy. What are you going to do? Yeah. Well, and chess does get to that point, but there's so many different – pieces and that move different ways i don't know i've never played chess before chess is very very intense it can Mm -hmm. be very like almost my like i don't want to say mind numbing because that makes it sound like it makes you dumber but (laughs) like it can like fry your brain (laughs) like that's you know like because it's there's there's a million different moves in chess there's a million different variations of chess and if you watch like chess competitions man it's crazy intense right like they end up like their brains are fried by the time that they're done like it's it's I feel like I would need to go take like a two day nap after. Like <laughs> I wouldn't it. after a chess tournament, yeah. It would. I love a good like mind 
game or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Sir, but right. I love that's a good right. mind, mind game. Hey, that it's coach a good likes one. mind games. <laughs> yeah. That's why I she's a pitcher. It is yeah. when you're yeah. pitching. It's a chess match, yeah. right? Of right. Yeah. I mean, do. it's a little bit more with, with actual pitches. And everything. Yeah. Yeah. Chess is one of those sports where you can really watch it for a long time. And like, you, if you watch like actual competitions, it gets like very, like, I mean, they'll sit there and they'll study the board for, yeah. you know, what seems like forever. Right. Trying to figure out what their next move is going to be. Yeah. And it's, it, I mean, it's crazy. Like, you watch some of those old, like, documentaries on guys like, you know, Bobby Fischer and mm-hmm. some, some of the Russians, you know, Spatsky and some of the other ones that he, that he faced off against. It's right. like, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, and, like, there are whole books written on playing chess. Like, you can read books that are, like, this thick mm-hmm. on all the different strategies that you can employ in playing chess. That's crazy. Yeah, no, that's crazy. coaching. I had the chess yeah, app on my phone coaching. once, and yeah. I, but the AI on there, it, I got smoked every time. It's like I make I make two moves, and all of a sudden checkmate. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, you get checked, and then you, you have get it checkmate. on the wrong yeah. level. You know how it's like. I had it on as easy as possible. I'm not going to go in there and master level. And like, all right, yeah. let's bring it on. You AI. He makes one move with his pawn, and next thing you know, he's he makes one move with his pawn, and the next thing you know, he's he's done. Right. Like yeah. Like it took three moves. And That's funny. Like, like that episode like, of Mash where you probably are way too young for Mash, but Hockey would make his move and Charles would look at it and go, "Yep, boom," and do that. And then Hockey would study the board for what seems like an hour and make a move. And then Charles would make his move two seconds later, and yeah, that's yeah. that's what it was like AI against me. So. <laughs> like it's just sitting there waiting for you. Like, yeah, it's waiting I got along you, and then just going, like, "Wow, are you stupid and bad at this game?" <laughs> wow, it takes this is a long what we've time. We've been waiting. Yes, for. thank you very much. Yeah, it takes thank a long time. Much. Well, hopefully, we're AI of the softball teams. Well, yeah. not according to the poll. That's, that's and I, true. I had to go. Here we there. go with the that's poll. I had to go to the poll true. before, we, le- to before we let you go. I had Taylor's to go to the response poll. just off uh, off camera. You know, by the way, was <laughs> right. She d- kind of she went into analytics story. mode on this thing a little <laughs> yeah. bit and and everything. So, talk to me about the poll because number one, it's it's never scientific. Nope. It's no. one of those things that pretty much every coach is going to say a poll's a poll. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't they don't mean a thing. Mm-hmm. From the coach standpoint. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever wants to be number one in the poll mm-hmm. because then the bullseye is is right there. So for you, you kind of got into the sweet spot. It's exactly where you want to be, and then you can go ahead and do the, hey, nobody believes in this thing. Challenge am, I cor- am I correct oh, on challenge that? Challenge accepted. I mean, we have to once again prove what we can do. Um, I still think the bullseye's on us. I don't really care what the poll says. I mean, I, I dislike polls at times because – and don't get me wrong, like, I do think that our conference is close. And it'll be competitive, which is fun. It's what you want to be. Um, but at the same time, I always feel like, and I call them our kids, like, as a program, our kids deserve better. Um, and I don't know. I'm disappointed that they, me knowing the hard work they put in and, like, the passion they gave last year and the hard work they came back with, that they didn't get better. However... Perfect. Challenge accepted. It's a position we're very comfortable in. Mm-hmm. So we need to prove once again that we are the best team in the UMAC, that we will continue to work to do that. So I do think it helps kind of give you that boost of being inside for three weeks. It's like, hey, 
no one else believes in you, so I guess we better get back to work here and uh, work really hard. But I know Taylor. Meanwhile, she's over there biting her lip right now. Her, just, so yeah, exactly. Over to her. Yeah, the look on her face when P- you brought pinching it up, herself just, not to bark knew, out in anger right now. <laughs> I, I, could, I, I knew where this was going, and now she's. I, I'm waiting to hear what Taylor has to say about this because. <laughs> yeah, I guess I had less of a positive reaction to the polls <laughs> than everyone else. Uh, which is expected. I think I've had a negative reaction for the past three years since I've been here. Um, and I think it just gets harder and harder. Like I, I remember my sophomore year, our mentality was, and rightfully so we lost a lot of people. We got a new coach. So like, it was understandable that our mentality was we're the black horse. Like we're the underdog. We're playing on state money or what on house money. House that money. was our thing. Yeah. State I mean, money works too. I yeah, guess. whatever, <laughs> whatever works. But I was okay with that because we did have to prove ourselves. We had, we had very few returners, and there was nothing on our side that said we're better than these teams. So we had to prove it. And then I thought we did pretty well at that, and we moved up in the poll. We moved mm-hmm. up one. So I was like, okay, you know, like one is okay. We'll prove it again. We'll do better. And then we did, and. Here we are, still at three. Yeah, so I just, <laughs> I just felt like I, I wanted one year of like everyone to recognize that we had done something, like that we had gotten better, and not just one spot better, but like, but better to be in the top two, right? Like, and so I, j- I'm just tired of being the underdog. I'm tired of being the dark horse. I just wanted one year of being that team that everyone knew was going to come back strong. And not saying that three doesn't make us a competitor. I know that teams are going to watch out for us. But watch out for us more than Northwestern based on the polls. I don't think so. But if you look at who we lost and who they lost, we all lost good players, right? Mm-hmm. We weren't just the only one. I know we mm-hmm. lost player of the year, my sister, Kayla. She was amazing. And everyone knows that. But we lost her. It's not like she went to someone else's team. Everyone lost her. She's not on, she's not on anyone's team. But we didn't just lose Kayla. We lost Liv. But other teams lost their Kayla and Liv as well, right? right? We're not the only ones that lost our main players. Mm-hmm. I know that Bethany had a lot of dark, a lot of intense losses that they now have to fill with younger people, and so did Northwestern. There's mm-hmm. there's no way that they didn't lose people, and I just think that they thought that losing Kayla made us lesser of a team, and I disagree with that. I think that losing Kayla is tough, and that it's going to be hard to replace her. But everyone else had losses as well, and so it's unfair to just say that we lost someone, so we should stay where we are. So in other words, challenge accepted. Yeah, for sure challenge accepted. <laughs> this, this is in no way kicking me down for the season. Uh. Like it, it lights a fire under my butt like nothing else, but it would have been nice to get the recognition that I think that every single person on our team deserves, and I know that everyone works hard every year, but I think that we worked hard, especially hard last year, and we proved based on who we beat that we should be up in the polls and – Someone just didn't think so, or multiple people just didn't well, think so. Well, this makes me laugh, too, because I walked into Fracker's office when the polls came out, and I, I went into her office, and I said, somebody's doing your, your job for you. Uh, <laughs> especially, I mean, for me, the, Taylor doesn't need am, any ammunition yeah. to work hard because she just always competes with herself. But for me, I mean, I think Garbs is like, so what do you think? And I had the biggest smile on my face. Well, like, well, my reaction Taylor's when I saw not it happy. I know that for was, a fact, so she's going to be working. Well, I know Melissa's going to be very happy. Yeah. This. Well, see, I, and I, 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 my second thing I said to her was, someone's doing your job for you. And I, then I, my next question was, how long did it take you to put that up in the locker room? Yeah, I put it up in there. <laughs> like, it's important. You know, like, I just think, and again, I am baffled by it, but 
it's going to be a close race. So I can't say, you know, do I think we're the best team? Of course. Why would I be coaching here if I didn't think we're the best team? Um, but I don't think it's crazy that it is close between three different teams. I just think the fact that one team clearly has more votes than anyone else kind of makes me be like, hmm, interesting. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't matter until you actually get on the field and show what you can do. And we have the first chance this weekend to kind of prove what we can do. And, you know, Taylor doesn't need any more oomph. Like, she's ready to go. She's been ready for a long time. But I think for some of our other players that need that kind of extra push, it might mentality-wise help them. And at the same time, it makes it so our entire team is back on the same page aiming at the same goal of we now need to prove to everyone once again that we are a powerhouse in the UMAC and, you know, hopefully show what we can do this year because we're very excited for the year. Um, I'm excited to see us get to actually compete, but a poll's a poll, right? It depends who's kind of celebrating at the end of the year. So we are confident that it can be us and we're excited to kind of start our journey. So I'm excited to see it and, you know, we we hope that the – weather warms up and the snow melts and Thank you. you know we, we do know that there will be at least one more storm because it is march uh, here yep. and march typically is fairly snowy or maybe the groundhog was wrong and it's going to be an early spring. yeah I like yeah it. that dude's Positivity. never wrong i literally Positivity i said that and i was like oh well the groundhog said that it's going to be a long winter so i'm kind of nervous and sam was like what is the groundhog and i was like you've never heard of the groundhog Which or sam? seen the movie groundhog sam, day uh McNasty. oh okay yeah, or oh, yeah, I know there's so many things, movie. and I'm like, and then I looked it up, and it was like 40 percent right, and I was like, well, maybe that's good for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be spring. <laughs> and then you look out the window and go, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. We've had a few, a few nice days. Yes, though, there's been some I melting. Have, yeah, and re-snowing. there has been. been some yes, we've replaced. Yeah, I guess this weekend's supposed to be really nice. Supposed so. to be nice. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully some of this melts and uh, your schedule gets. But hopefully off it when snows it's while we're in Florida, just to make everyone else. Well, if it snows while you're in Florida, I will send video. Perfect. Thank It'll you. Be there that you. would be so great. That would make me really make happy. Make us really want to get back on the plane and <laughs> kind come of. back. Yeah. UW Fort Myers. That's right. We, uh, then I, I'm on my way down. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Because my, my kid would be thrilled to go back to yes. his favorite place, oh. Florida. No yes. doubt about that. So, Coach Fracker, Taylor Kramer, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We'll take a break and come back with more of I Have the Swarm right after this. Orkers Island Inn is now hiring and there's a position just for you. Apply for front desk, housekeeper, bartender, server, cook, and dishwasher. We're hiring great people like you. Call or click for more information and apply today. We're back for the final segment of Eye of the Swarm. And whenever whenever we have Melissa on, I, I get... You know, when we talk softball, the Simpsons talking softball episode gets stuck right, in my head. Yeah. And in so in mind the whole time, I have the, the, the we're, we're talking softball song in my head. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a great episode where um, Montgomery Burns buys all those major leaguers to play for the the right. nuclear plant softball team in the city <laughs> right. league. And Homer ends up winning it by getting hit by a pitch. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, Mattingly, I, cut those sideburns. I was actually kind of glad that uh, she brought Taylor in. Um, great talker yeah well and one of the concerns with taylor is that sometimes she gets a little bit in in her own head and uh she's she's not really somebody who tends to open up to people real well that's one of the things that she's told me and i've told melissa year after year i was like i've never had a problem with taylor Mm -hmm. um she's always been really willing to talk with me i'm not saying that she's like that with everybody but she can be a little bit selective 
Um, but yeah, she was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Melissa's players, generally speaking, are really good. Yeah. Um, they don't really have too many problems. I mean, for example, on my way in today, you know, Jessica Jacobson is working, you know, she's one of the team captains. She's sitting at the front desk over at the MWC and Trackorama. Trackorama's happening. Today. Yeah. Uh, Woo, with all I have kids. problems with one toddler. I can't imagine having <laughs> 200 kids from I'll every you, elementary school. Finding in a town. parking place up here was a nightmare. Yeah. But uh, uh, be that as it may, I walked through and she yelled over everybody to say hi to me. Yep. She said, Hi, Matt. How are you? And I said, Hi, Jess. Uh, and then I said to her, Boy, finding a parking place around here has been crazy. And she's like, Yep. Trackorama. Trackorama. Um, but if you ever get a chance to interact with her players, they're all. They're all pretty outgoing for yep. the most part. I mean, sometimes not as much on game day. Um, but I get it. Yep, totally get it. 100%. You know, uh, Tiffany Kirk being a prime example. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for the most part, when they're not in practice or they're not playing a game, they're really, really ne- nice people. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> yeah, they're they're, great. they're really easy to talk with um, and really easy to get to know. So mm-hmm. uh, if you ever see any of them around, you know, don't feel bad if you're a Yale Jacket softball fan going up and saying hi to them because they're, they'd be more than willing to chat with you. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to their season too, because I yeah. think they're going to be really good. I think they are going to be really good too. So let's talk about that. Cause they're starting. Yeah, they are, they are starting up and we'll get into this, um, because, uh, all of a sudden this, the schedule lightens up. It does <laughs> for us here a little bit. Uh, softball opening up their season this weekend with four games at the 2023 UW Oshkosh Invitational. Uh, Saturday, the Yellow Jackets will face, uh, Wisconsin Lutheran in their season opener. And then UW Oshkosh in the second game of the day, 10 a.m. and 2 p.m respectively, before facing Lawrence and UW Oshkosh the next day on Sunday at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. respectively as well. So four games, two of them against UW Oshkosh, who I believe are the defending WIAC champions. I think I they're, they're either that or they're second place. They finished I really high no last year. All four games will be played at the UW Oshkosh Recplex in Oshkosh. And as you may recall, the Yellow Jackets went 4-0 at that tournament last year. So Beating Oshkosh. Yeah, beating Oshkosh in one of those wins. Um, so it is going to be... Uh, a tough task, but it's also going to be, I think, a rewarding one to see where the Yellow Jackets are at. They mm-hmm. kind of springboarded their season with that uh, performance at Oshkosh last year. So uh, if they can get that same springboard this year, I think there will be big things ahead because uh, this is a deep roster. Brought back uh, eight of her nine starters mm-hmm. from last year, the only one being Kayla Kramer, who is a big loss. Yep. And I heard Taylor talk about her older sister uh, in our uh, middle segment. But, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of talent there. And, and you know, while – you can't really replace someone like Kayla Kramer, uh, you know, the UMAC player of the year from last year, um, just with one player. Um, you know, she brought in some really good players as well. And sure. there's more – There's the, the feeling is that they're going to be a better hitting lineup overall and they're going to be a better offensive team this year. So sure. um, at least if you talk to the coaching staff, that's what they'll tell you. So looking forward to that. Uh, baseball also, also excuse me, opens up their season this coming week. They have a doubleheader against Augsburg in non-conference action on Monday, March 1st, against Augsburg at the big stadium down in Minneapolis, 1 and 3.30 p.m., the opening pitches of those two games. and What uh, a plum time to, to get. Yeah, I mean, for – I mean, because there's the, 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 the rare 2 a.m. <laughs> games and you know, in the old Metrodome right. when that thing was going 24-7 with, with baseball. So Right, right, right. 1 o'clock in the afternoon, well done. Yeah, yeah, and you know, the, no more getting on the bus at 3 in the morning and having right. to start at, you know, 7. So that that's a good thing for Coach T.J. Oaks and company. Of course, they're preseason and uh, number two in the UMAC poll. So mm-hmm. uh, big things expected of them this year as well. Uh, men's tennis, speaking of big things being expected, this week they have three matches uh, over the weekend. So that's going to be busy for them. 
Two matches on Saturday, March 4th, against Concordia, Wisconsin, and Carroll in non-conference action at the Mequon Elite Sports Clubs and Princeton Club and Mequon and New Berlin, respectively. Match times for those two against Concordia set for 1 p.m., while match time against Carroll is set for 6. And then on Sunday, March 5th, they'll be taking on Wisconsin Lutheran in a Pleasant Valley Tennis and Fitness Club in Jackson, Wisconsin. Match time there is 9.30 a.m. And at 7-0, they're rolling right along. They're rolling right uh, along. You know, and uh, they got a chance to get a couple wins this week as well because uh, mm-hmm. I was looking at the schedules for Concordia and Carroll, and uh, there's definitely a chance the Eljects could come out of that still undefeated. So Awesome. Um, you know, there's a good chance there. Meanwhile, women's tennis, they travel the same route, but they have one less match than the men do this week. Saturday, March 4th, they're taking on Concordia. That also at the Mequon Elite Sports Clubs, 1 p.m. for the women against Concordia, and then they'll play one more match on the weekend, Sunday, March 5th, against Wisconsin Lutheran, again at Pleasant Valley Tennis and Fitness Club in Jackson, 9.30 a.m. to start there. So the men have that extra match in there against Carroll. But, uh, yeah, both teams on the road, and uh, five combined matches for them over the two-day period. So there's Mm going to be a lot there. That's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. And men's and women's indoor track and field, they're not done yet. Nope. Uh, They don't have any more team events, but this is the – This is your qualifiers Yeah, this is the final qualifiers now. So this is more individual-based than anything else. But both teams are in action on March 4th, this coming Saturday, at Ripon uh, at the Wilmore Center in Ripon, Wisconsin, at the Ripon Final Qualifier, hosted by Ripon. 9.30 a.m. for both the men and the women down there, and that's a final qualifier, and that's literally what it's, what it's yeah, called. You're, yeah, you're literally going there to try to better your mark. Yeah, exactly. And so that's uh, that's going to involve a lot of multis. I had a chance to talk with Alexa DiCavato about that, and I said, no risk for the weary. And she's like, yeah. And it'll get some multi-events, she said, on uh, Saturday. So there's going to be a lot of individuals, both on the men and women, that are going to be following that same trend as it's a final qualifier, trying to better, like you said, your marks before the outdoor season hits. So that's what's coming up this week. Uh, so, yeah, everybody just about is on the road. Nobody's at home. And things lighten up now until uh, probably early April for us. Yeah, it's going to lighten up. And, you know, even going forward, the schedule isn't bad. No. You know, what no. you – what ends up making it bad is the weather right yeah because it's not bad now but you know there's going to be cancellations postponements things are going to get moved and suddenly you're well, baseball's playing, already lost two games they were supposed suddenly to be central you're, you're playing yep. eight games in 10 days then all of a sudden you know as, as you try to and that's where that depth comes in again we yeah. were talking about that with the softball team baseball uh tj oaks the head coach feels like he's got a much deeper team this this year as well and that will serve him well in situations like that but like you said the spring is so unpredictable in terms of scheduling, even our broadcast schedule is up right. in the air. I mean, you it's very go, fluid. Yeah, by now you all know where to find the you know our broadcast schedule, and we've got I think four, maybe four or five double headers that are scheduled on there for yours truly here mm-hmm. to be on the air. But that all is in flux. Yep. I mean, that's a very preliminary schedule, and I wish that we could <laughs> explain that a little bit more on the broadcast page. But all that could change. So subject to change without notice is how they put yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. In the so. Uh, because our, of course, up until the end of winter, everything's pretty well set. Yeah, I mean, there might be a few uh, alterations in there, but uh, for the most part, that's pretty set. Spring is a whole different ball game, so uh, you know to find out when we're going to be on the air, me and John, or just me, because uh, we're we'll try to get a couple doubleheaders in there with me and John on the air. Right. Again. Um, you know, consult the broadcast page, uh, UWS Athletics. Uh, you can go to the Fan Zone Broadcast Central. And check out and see uh, what we have on the docket. Uh, like I said, that could change. Right. So that uh, a- everything after about March, starting in March, is fluid yep. on that page. So just a quick uh, asterisk and FYI on that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, spring sports are here. It's kind of crazy. 
considering if you look out the window what we got right now in terms of, of you know, of snow. But, uh, yeah, it's coming up. It is. It's coming up. It is. And a programming note for us, uh, you know, heading into next week is the last week on campus before spring break. So we'll be gone for a couple of weeks. We'll be off. Um, we'll come back again the week after spring break. That'll be our, our next episode of the podcast. But uh, So don't expect anything out uh, in the, over the next couple of weeks. We won't have anything new until after baseball comes back from from spring break yeah and then we'll talk more a little about uh softball as well because they both are going to be uh of course uh down in florida at the same time tennis is down there too yep and tennis you know, will be down so there as well tennis and, down uh, there and so we'll be able to see where they're all those teams are at any luck at all you'll have somebody at nationals for track and field so yeah we'll have, yeah hopefully we'll have that as well yeah especially on the men's side so there uh, could be a lot yeah. to a lot to talk about in that week coming back out of spring break yeah yeah uh, you know knock on wood hopefully we'll have uh some interesting stuff to bring to you then. Mm-hmm. That'll do it for this week's episode, however. So for the Big Sound, Matt Johnson, for our production engineer, Sayum Shrestha, I am John Garber, and thank you very much for tuning in. <laughs>